Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time together. We thank you that we're still free enough to come together and worship you in public. Father, we just ask that your blessing be on this church, on these people. Father, you know these circumstances that we've mentioned here before you this morning. Lord, we just pray that you divinely enter in each one of those circumstances and draw each and every one closer and nearer to you. Father, as we open your scripture here this morning, let us see the parallel between your people back then and your people now. The, the, the principles and attitudes that existed then exist alive and well today. Father, may we recognize and heed what you have to say in your scriptures in order that we might be obedient to the things that you have given us to do. These things I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. I'll turn with me to Exodus again. Exodus chapter 7. Exodus chapter 7. And we have been watching and reading about uh, Israel and Moses and the things that God's doing. And uh, it strikingly resembles attitudes and things that are going on round about us today. Chapter 7. So the Lord said to Moses, So I have made you as God to Pharaoh, and Aaron your brother shall be your prophet. You shall speak all that I command you, and Aaron your brother shall tell Pharaoh to send the children of Israel out of, this, of his land. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and multiply my signs and my wonders in the land of Egypt. Now, have you ever, don't you wish sometimes that God would just, just come on out and tell you the things that... <laughs> but He does speak to us. He does speak to us right here through His Word. Right through, right through the Word of God. And we ignore that from time to time. But man, oh, how sometimes I wish He would just plainly, audibly speak to me and say, here's what's going to take place. Amen? And God spoke to me. Oh, I mean, now I went to chapter 6. Hold on, let me get back over here. Uh, verse 4. But Pharaoh will not heed you, so that I may lay my hand on Egypt and bring my armies and my people, the children of Israel, out of the land of Egypt by great judgments. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I stretch out my hand on Egypt and bring out the children of Israel from among them. Then Moses and Aaron did so, just as the Lord commanded them, so they did. And Moses was 80 years old and Aaron 83 years old when they spoke to Pharaoh. Now, you, you write in age, folks. See, he, he can use you all the way to the end. Don't rest on your laurels and think that he's done with you because he's not. But here's, here's what I want to, to make sure that we hit on here this morning, one of the things. And that is, is so he clearly tells Moses again, he said, listen, 
He said, you're going to go, you and Aaron are going to go tell Pharaoh this, and, and he's not going to heed you. And I'm going to harden his heart. But, but look what he says right here in verse 5. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I stretch out my hand on Egypt and bring out the children of Israel from among them. It wasn't just for Pharaoh. It was for all of them. He, he, he was doing things to clearly show those Egyptian people that who God was. Just like when he does things in our lives, it's not just for us. Though we may, we may feel like we're boxed in and we're the only one going through something, rest assured that he's using your circumstances in somebody else's life. Therefore, it's even greater our responsibility to respond in the appropriate way like a child of God to those circumstances so that we might witness to whoever is, it's also affecting God. It's so easy to, get, to think we're the only one going through it, doesn't it? We all, we get on a pity trip. Poor pitiful me. Why is God got, allowing me to go through this? Why in the world won't he have mercy on me? Well, brother, sister, he ain't just dealing with you. He's not just dealing with you. But he says, the Egyptians shall know. He didn't say anything about Pharaoh right there in that sentence, did he? He said, the whole country, all the people shall know that I am Lord. Excuse me. Verse 8. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, When Pharaoh speaks to you, saying, Show a miracle for yourselves, then you shall say to Aaron, Take your rod and cast it before Pharaoh, and it shall become a serpent. There comes that rod again. It shall become a serpent. But Pharaoh also called, did I skip? No, yeah, I did. Verse 10, so Moses and Aaron went into Pharaoh, and they did so, just as the Lord commanded, obedience. And Aaron cast down his rod before Pharaoh and before his servants, and it became a serpent. But Pharaoh also called the wise men and the sorcerers and the magicians of Egypt. They also did in like manner with their enchantments. That's about natural, and that's about how folks act, isn't it? Oh, well, I can one-up you on that. I got folks can do that too. For every man, in verse 12, threw down his rod, and they became serpents. But watch here. But Aaron's rod swallowed up their rods. Now, that should have been the first sign right there to Pharaoh. That he was not dealing with some magician. That he was truly dealing with God. When, when that was a sign that he was fixing to swallow up him and his nation. But he doesn't take heed, does he? Because his heart's hardened. God's already told him he's not going to heed what you say. 
going to take more than that. Verse 14, So the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh's heart is hard. He refuses to let the people go. Go to Pharaoh in the morning when he goes out to the water and you shall stand by the river's bank to meet him with the, and the rod which was turned to a serpent you shall take in your hand. Let me ask you something. We don't walk around with a rod per se like this one. But you got a rod. You got a rod. You got a rod that is full of life. Full of power. Full of direction for the Christian life to be obedient and live by the principles of God. And if we do those things, God's going to bless us. This is my rod. The Bible is my rod. It is my shield. The Word is my shield. It is life-giving, sustaining, enduring to the end. But, but we take it for granted, don't we? We take this rod for granted. But he said, so the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh's heart is hard. He refuses to let the people go. Go to the Pharaoh in the morning. When he goes out to the water, and you shall stand by the river's bank to meet him, and the rod which turned into a serpent you shall take in your hand. And you shall say to him, The Lord God of the Hebrews has sent me to you, saying, Let my people go, that they may serve me in the wilderness, but indeed until, they, uh, until now you would not hear. I can picture that. Oh, Hard Pharaoh comes down to the river. And Moses standing on the other side preaching to him. Verse 17. Thus says the Lord, By this you shall know that I am the Lord. Behold, I will strike the waters that are in the river with the rod that is in my hand, and they shall be turned to blood. And the fish that are in the river shall die. The river shall stink. And the Egyptians will loathe to drink the water of the river. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, say to Aaron, Take your rod and stretch out your hand over the waters of Egypt, over the streams, over the rivers, over their ponds, over all the pools of water, that they may become blood, and that there shall be blood throughout all the land of Egypt, but both in buckets and wood and pitchers of stone. He didn't leave out one droplet, did he? Not one droplet of water did he miss. Now can you imagine? So these great signs and wonders that are taking place in front of Pharaoh and how hard his heart might be that, that not one iota of fear comes upon him that this might be God. This actually might be God. Well, I got news for you. When, when, that is exactly the attitudes of lost people all about us today. They think that, that by somehow they can conquer and overcome the things of God. 
that they can beat his principles. That somehow they can get around them and not have to succumb and bow to the things of God. When, when, when their heart has been hardened to, to a certain place, they're hopeless. It doesn't matter what signs take place in front of them. That doesn't, that doesn't change the fact that they're going to ha have to answer. That doesn't change the fact that they're going to have to give an account. That doesn't change the fact that one day they're going to bow on their knee and say, you are Lord of Lords. But these great signs and wonders are being performed. Now, I would have to think that there would be, there were some people around that was witnessing some of this stuff. We know that they're about to, they're about to realize that the water's been turned to blood. But, but their leader, the Egyptians' leader, has completely and utterly discounted God's authority over him and his people. And when that takes place, judgment comes. That's why it is so imperative that when we have the opportunity that we, we elect to the best of our ability, we put in places of authority to the best of our ability, God-fearing people. God-fearing people. In order that we might experience a measure of grace and mercy because of those people in places of authority over us. It doesn't seem to be the way it wants to the, the, the way that we act as a as a nation right now, does it? I don't know. There's some I, I don't know anything about much about what happened up in the Northeast this week, but sounds like there might be some sensible people still left in the Northeast. Sounds like there might be some people that still fear God in the Northeast. There will always be a remnant until he returns of his people. But, but the, what, what's got to take place now is, is that people, true Christians, can't sit back like they have for years and years and years and years. Sit on their hands and just accept and, and because of, of not wanting to hurt people's feelings or, or, or not wanting to, to um, insult somebody or not wanting to... Uh, not, insult's not the word. Uh, offend somebody by speaking about and standing on God's principles it's time that the people of God stand up if we don't stand up and do what is our responsibility at the ballot box and in every other way in our communities then it's going to be overrun with Satanism and we're going to look up one day and we're going to be we're, we're going to have a, a people in the place of authority over us like Pharaoh. And, and I really believe, I really believe that, that there's, there's some spots 
throughout our nation that are starting to wake up. Looks like it. That, 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 that took place this week up in the north. It was never, ever supposed to happen. <laughs> ever, ever, ever. But, but we got pharaohs all over the place. We got pharaohs standing in pulpits. I was listening to one this morning. I forced myself this morning. I did it. It was hard. I was brushing my teeth. and I'm not going to call his name, but he comes on the TV. And I immediately reached and grabbed the remote. And I thought, no, I, I, got, I, I just need to hear this this morning. Just, just maybe I'm wrong. I wasn't wrong. You had a man speaking to... I don't know if it was photoshopped or not, but it looked like 40,000. From a pulpit, a magnificent pulpit. Beautiful. And he, not one time did he mention repentance or remission of sin. But instead, the whole time, he said, you have to believe. You just have to believe. And God will just bless you. Not one time did he say you must repent and get right and start being obedient and, and following the things of God for him to bless you. He left all that out. All of it. We got them. We got Pharaoh standing in pulpits with droves and droves and droves of people following them like they are wonderful. Sad. It's sad. Your heart just breaks for them. They're still responsible. They're absolutely still responsible. If I were to get up here and start preaching the things that were wrong to you, you're responsible. You're responsible to, to call me out. You're, if I don't change and repent of that and change that, you're responsible to get out from here and go find somewhere that ain't preaching wrong. say well they just don't know oh that doesn't relinquish them from their responsibility because at some point God has shown them shown them light that they got to be responsible for we got them we got them everywhere we got Pharaohs everywhere leading people astray Verse 21, right? 20. And Moses and Aaron did so, just as the Lord commanded. So he lifted up the rod and struck the waters that were in the river. In the sight of Pharaoh and in the sight of his servants and all the waters that were in the river were turned into blood. The fish that were in the river died, the, the river stank, and the Egyptians could not drink the water of the river. So there was blood throughout all the land of Egypt. Then the magicians of Egypt did so with their enchantments. And Pharaoh's heart grew hard, and he did not heed them as the Lord had said. 
And Pharaoh turned and went into his house. Neither was his heart moved by this. So all the Egyptians dug around. So now here they go out and they just start digging. We'll just, we'll just dig new wells. We're just, we're just for our there's no repentance here so so their hearts had been hardened to an extent too huh these people's hearts had been hardened as well as their leader what does that tell you when you start ignoring the things of God, when you start ignoring God's principles, when you start snur snuffing your nose at, at what He tells us, what He teaches us, and what He's, he's provided for us, then His grace is going to be removed from you either individually, your family, your community, or your nation. Not a place I want to be. absolutely not a place we want to be so he tells Moses he said look none of this is going to change his mind but I'm going to make a I'm going to make a statement where nobody in Egypt can deny that I am the God I'm going to do things in front of them and before their eyes that they cannot deny that I am who I am. And I'm still going to take my people out of Egypt. You say, well, he's never turned anything to any water to blood. here." No, but he's done things in our lives that we know without a shadow of a doubt God is working. Have we ever ignored it? Have we, have we ever discounted it as, oh, that's not, that wasn't God talking to me, or that wasn't God showing me that, or, or, or God didn't provide that for me. I had a hand in that. Be careful, my friends. Be careful, my friends, not to give honor and glory to the things that God's doing and working in your life. Because if you do that enough, he'll stop. He'll stop. Now, Moses and Aaron, can you imagine how hard humanly it must have been for Moses and Aaron? I'm sure they were scared to death of Pharaoh. Humanly speaking. But their fear of God overcame their fear of Pharaoh. Their fear for God and the things of God and His authority sent them boldly to Pharaoh to declare the things that he had told them to declare. And let me remind you, Moses had all kinds of excuses why he couldn't do it. 
then God presents him with a tool, an arrow. He says, that's fine, Moses. I don't need you. I don't need your lips. I don't need your tongue. Here's Aaron. He said, you be as God to Aaron as I am to you. And he will say the things for you. That's obedience. That's obedience. Are we truly being obedient to what we know to be obedient to? The light that God's given us? Do we, do, do we strive each day to be as perfectly obedient as we are capable of being to the things that we have been taught? Or do we use grace as an excuse? Oh, well, God's grace. He'll forgive me for that. Well, I'm going to tell you something. That's a sinful attitude. That's a sinful attitude. Obedience. Obedience. And, and when we're obedient, the people round about us that, that, that God's using our circumstances in can see a testimony of a faithful, godly servant. You don't have to tell them. You don't have to tell them. Your example in the way that you live is enough. It's okay to tell them if the opportunity arises. It's good to tell them. It's good to remind them. They need to be reminded audibly sometimes. But we have, we have to have the intestinal fortitude to be able to stand strong. Stand. Take a stand. For what we know is right in God's eyes. We have to be able to go to the Pharaohs in our life. And say this is wrong. God's word says this. God teaches in his word that we must do this. God has instructed us to, to live this way in order to have freedom. When we have that, that strength and that, that courage and that, the ability and to, the obedience to do that, he will continue to bless us. He will continue to see us through our circumstances. He will, without a doubt, protect us. So the Egyptians are going to go start digging holes. They take it upon themselves to make means for themselves, don't they? Instead of bowing before God and repenting and asking for His mercy and His deliverance, they, here they go, digging holes. Well, what makes them think the, the water in the ground's not red? The rest of it is. But that is, that, that is a clear picture of where their hearts are at. The hardening of their hearts. The, the complete and utter dismissal of the authority of God in their lives.
We're living in a world full of it. We are living in a world full of people acting just like these Egyptians. We are living in a world full of people in places of authority just like Pharaoh. But I want you to understand here today, just like those Israelites, God hadn't forgotten you. God, God had forgotten His people. He has promised to lead us out of bondage. If we're faithful, if we're obedient. I don't know how long it'll take. It's not for me to decide or try to figure out. My responsibility is just be faithful. Just be responsible to the things that He showed us, taught us, let Him lead. Let Him lead. And He will show us out of bondage if it comes to that. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your examples in Scripture. Father, some say this book's outdated. We know this book will stand the test of time. It will endure the ages. Your principles and your word will live forever and you have promised that you will see your people through. We ask that you continue to bless us. Show us. Lord, open our ears to hear and our eyes of understanding that we may dig out in your word the things in which will see us through. The principles, the attitudes. Father, show us quickly when we, when we stray those attitudes in which are wrong, that we might repent and ask for forgiveness. Father, I pray for this nation. I lift up these people that are in places of authority, Lord, that need Jesus. I ask for salvation. I ask for repentance. And I pray that you would just continue to stir the hearts of believers across this nation to rise up and stand on the principles of God. I plead the blood of Jesus over this church, over these people, those that couldn't be here this morning. Father, we thank you for the blood that was shed on Calvary. And we thank you that not one, not one that you have... You have not lost one and will not ever lose one. And give you praise and honor for it. In the name of Jesus, amen.